You're listening to the Inside Intercom Podcast. Hi, I'm Adam Rispin, Content Marketing Manager at Intercom. Recently, I had the opportunity to chat with Riley Newman. He's the head of data science at Airbnb and was one of the company's first 10 employees. From studying applied economics at Cambridge to conducting search and rescue missions with the U.S. Coast Guard, his unconventional path gives him a fresh perspective on his profession. At the time Riley joined Airbnb, data science and the whole concept of big data were still relatively new. Given that, it's even it's even more important that early stage startups, you know, uh, build a strong data culture early on because it, in many cases, can be the difference between you know, death and <laughs> success. <laughs> Riley's witnessed his company's headcount scale to more than 2,000. That kind of rapid growth can be especially challenging for a data team. We spent a lot of time building tools and you know designing training for the company in how to kind of access data and how to like understand it. Equally important is building a data team that emphasizes storytelling as much as numerical insights. We placed equal weight on a data scientist's you know ability to kind of communicate their work uh, as the technical rigor behind it. Amid these challenges, his experience at Airbnb shows how utilizing data can help scale a company's culture as a whole and actually amplify the voice of users. Being very close to the community and kind of listening to them was a very powerful feature of Airbnb's early success. Considering he's gone from a living room startup employee to a unicorn thought leader, Riley's insights and anecdotes run the gamut. Let's get into it. Welcome to the show, Riley. Thank you. Happy to be here. For the sake of our listeners, could you quickly introduce yourself and just give us a quick feel for your career trajectory and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Uh, so, you know, as Adam mentioned, uh, I run the data science team at Airbnb. Uh, I've been here for about six years. Um, I was kind of the original, you know, analyst that was hired into the company, and uh, it was before the term data science really took off and big data and all the, all those crazes. <laughs> You know, when I joined Airbnb, it was very small, and uh, it's just a couple people working out of the founder's apartment, and obviously we've grown a lot over the six years since, and so alongside, you know, helping to foster that growth, uh, I've built the data science function uh, here in the company, which is now about 60 data scientists and analysts and about uh, 10 data engineers and and a few others. Prior to Airbnb, uh, I worked in a consulting firm with a group of economists, um, and before that, I did a master's in econ uh, at Cambridge, so... My sort of career arc, you know, has uh, sort of been relatively quantitative, but, you know, it began in the field of economics and then has since kind of moved into, like, the application of theory within a business context like Airbnb. So there's definitely no single path into what you do, but yours is, I think, particularly interesting as far as how you ended up in data science through all those different types of uh, areas of emphasis. How does that help you look at problems differently in your day-to-day here? I mean, to your point, data science is, is a field that's defining itself, right? There's, there's no one standard path. I think, you know, many of the people that we have brought into the team, you know, have relatively quantitative backgrounds, of course. Um, you know, I think mine in economics uh, actually lent itself to a lot of the problems that we were focused on at Airbnb, you know, especially in the early days, you know, thinking about how to get a two-sided marketplace off the ground. So there's a lot of theory that kind of lends itself to, you know, supply and demand. And, and thinking about kind of guest and host experiences and kind of the match between the two. Um, so one of the initial attractions for me coming into the company was kind of that intellectual problem, you know, that, that Airbnb faced. I think as the company has scaled uh, and, you know, gotten to, you know, a greater sort of level of sophistication with our product, um, you know, the types of people that we bring in have started to skew a little bit more toward, you know, computer science and statistical backgrounds, you know, thinking about machine learning and, and these types of problems. Um, but you know, I have found that, you know, here at Airbnb, maybe, you know, as, as distinct from, you know, other tech companies, uh, we have brought in a lot of people from the social sciences, and I think they've been really impactful. 
So that's that's crazy. You're you're in one of the founders' apartments at this time, mm-hmm. one of the first ten employees of what is now such a huge, huge company. Um, do you think that all startups should be looking to invest in data and analytics that early? Was this an exception of the rule? And what were the benefits of you sort of being there from not day one, but very, very, very early in the process? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's what's interesting to me is I think nowadays it's a little bit more conventional wisdom that you should you know bring in sort of a, a data oriented you know team within the company as early as possible. As I mentioned back then, the term data science and and even big data hadn't really taken off yet, and so it was like especially anomalous that they brought me in uh, that early. But I, I think it showed a lot of foresight on the part of the founders, you know, that like they they were amassing data, uh, and they wanted to ensure that there was like a strong kind of rudder on the ship, you know, that like we we knew where we were going, we weren't just going kind of wherever the wind you know blew us, uh, and and so they did bring me very in in very early. And, and I think, you know, increasingly startups are looking to build data teams pretty early on, you know, more more early than, than you'd see actually some other functions, you know, uh, kick off within the company. So it's there, there are lots of very young companies that, you know, have reached out and asked for advice about how to, you know, how to, how to build a data science team, you know, kind of from scratch because they're looking to do it, you know, pretty straight away. And by doing it straight away, I mean, what other doors does that open that might have been more difficult for you to pry open if, if you were came in a year later. Yeah, well, when you think about, you know, the early days of a startup, I mean, it's really a fight for survival, right? Like every every minute that you spend on something is, is you know, a very critical decision. Um, and, you know, data is all about, you know, again, kind of being the rudder on the ship, you know, like pointing the ship in the right direction, making sure that like what you're doing is actually impactful, you know, kind of checking your gut assumptions about like uh, what we think is the right thing to do and ensuring that those, you know, assumptions are, are actually right. So, so I actually think, you know, given that, it's even, it's even more important that early stage startups, you know, uh, build a strong data culture early on because it, in many cases, can be the difference between, you know, death and <laughs> success. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, it's a loft, one lofty way to put it, but I think you're totally right. And uh, one of the things I was really interested to talk to you about that I've seen you write and speak about elsewhere is this idea of being data-informed rather than data-driven, that it's, it's one piece to a larger puzzle. So how do you strike that balance of getting the most out of the data available to you, um, but appreciating the data doesn't always give you the full picture? Yeah, I, I just I, I think it's very important to not be overly dogmatic about you know anything that you do, right? You know, and to kind of maintain a perspective that takes into account the bigger picture, right? Like, you know, a lot of people will say like you you only optimize what you can measure, and the truth is you only measure what you can log. Right. And so there's there's always this risk, particularly in a business like ours that's, you know, primarily offline, you know, that you spend all of your time optimizing, you know, kind of the online portion of the business and forget the actual experience that like the guests and hosts, you know, assume to be like Airbnb. That's what they think of right after their trip was what did I do offline? So, you know, part of it is is kind of respecting, you know, that concept. I I think another critical element uh, for a data team, you know, is, again, about kind of respecting the limits of data. Right. Like. You can go as deep as, as the things that you are able to measure, you know, as I, as I mentioned earlier. And, um, and you know, like a, a, a good example of a dynamic that has developed here that I think has been really powerful um, is uh, kind of the relationship between our team and that of, you know, kind of a, a more qualitative, like, user research team, right? And, you know, these are also becoming more popular at different companies. And I think that there's kind of two ways that they can work together. I think when it doesn't work, you know, you have like the two teams with kind of conflicting perspectives of the world, you know, like, you know, the user research team will interview a couple people and say, you know, across these three people, 
you know, this seems to be like a common theme of like a problem that they're running into. And then you've got a data science team that can't measure the things that they're talking about. And they say like, that doesn't make any sense, right? And they're totally at odds. And that's terrible. Like that's not what you want at all. Um, I think there's a different dynamic which we've which we've discovered here that uh, is much more powerful, and it's all about kind of the handoffs in hypotheses, right? I think that you know the data science team can identify an anomaly and pass that anomaly off to the user research team to go deeper than the data lets us, um, and they can bring back uh, a hypothesis about like a solution to the anomaly, which we can you know help put into production and test through a controlled experiment. And I think that is like a really powerful dynamic. It's actually one that we saw, you know, years ago, um, to give you like a concrete example. You know, we, we were looking at the conversion rates of, you know, our, our payments page, right? And we we're cutting it by kind of the country of origin of, you know, the person who was trying to book. And we saw that, you know, one country was, you know, pretty far off the rest. And that was all we could say. You know, we, d- we didn't know what was happening. So we, we sent a group of these user researchers to that country to go kind of talk to some people. And what they found was that like there was a standard method of payment that that people from that country really preferred to use online, and it wasn't something that we offered. And so, with that insight, we were able to come back and test you know the offering of that payment instrument, and all of a sudden the country took off. Um, and that was not something that we would have ever been able to figure out from the data that we logged. So I think it's like a good example of you know the um, kind of respect that a data science team should have for you know the limits of data. And ensuring that, like, the company is, of course, very informed, but, like, not overly dogmatic. Absolutely. I think that plays into something that I've also seen you talk about that I find really interesting is that data data being the voice of the customer. And I think that a company like Airbnb, that's going to be particularly important. The anecdote that you just provided being a good example of that. How has that framed your approach? Yeah. So, you know, especially being an, an early employee, I think that that's, you know, kind of very deep in, in sort of the DNA of our team. Um, and of the company in general. I mean, like, so, you know, Brian and Joe, uh, two of the three founders, you know, uh, talk a lot about how in the early days, you know, they would fly out to New York to meet with, you know, hosts, um, sort of the first hosts of the Airbnb community, and just talk to them about, like, what was happening and what did, what worked for them about the experience and what didn't work. And then they'd come back to San Francisco and meet with Nate, the third founder, and, and then they would try to, like, iterate on, you know, solutions to those problems. Um, you know, being very close to the community and kind of listening to them was a very powerful feature of Airbnb's early success. And so, you know, I view the data science team as kind of carrying that culture forward, you know, as the company has scaled, right? Like trying to keep us, you know, very much in, in touch with the people who are using the product um, across, you know, the, the, the very broad swath of people. It's, it's no longer possible for us to, to meet with every single person individually. We do try to, you know, host meetups and stuff and, and stay connected with guests and hosts. But um, if, you, if you think of, you know, what, what data actually represents, I mean, it's a decision that somebody makes. Like, to give you an example, when somebody comes to uh, try to book on Airbnb, they say they perform a search for, you know, a place to stay in San Francisco, they're presented with a set of results and, you know, they click on one and, and come back and click on another and then ultimately book with it. I mean, that is a very powerful signal for us about, like, uh, the decision that they made, you know, for, like, what worked for them. And we can't sit with every single person who's trying to book Airbnb on Airbnb and try to understand, like, you know, why did you choose that listing? Why did you choose this one? What does that say about your preferences and et cetera? But we can log that information and we can try to learn from it. And so I see the data science team as... as um, 
you know, our, I, I think an important feature of our role is to keep the company in touch with those decisions and experiences that guests and hosts have. Mm-hmm. And with these guests and hosts, as you said, like it's it's all over the world. There's so many different types of hosts, users, and markets. Markets are such a big thing for you. So I'm really curious, your economics background, mm-hmm. how did that shape your view when it, when it comes to something like markets? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that was super important. That was the first problem that I worked on. And when you're building a two-sided marketplace, there's a real cold start problem. You know, like you, you have a product, but you it doesn't work until you have people that are using it, right? It's sort of a chicken and egg type of situation. And this really resonated with me because, you know, my background, uh, you know, when I was in grad school was focused on kind of economic geography, you know, like how um, economic trends take place across space and how those different, you know, spaces or sort of clusters, you know, influence one another. Um, That's also something I spent some time on at the consulting firm before Airbnb. We were looking at the 2008 recession and trying to understand how it would play out, you know, across, you know, different cities and states around the country. So it was a very kind of natural extension for me when I came to Airbnb to think about, like, the world as the sum of a series of markets and, like, what is happening in New York and how can we learn from that, you know, uh, for what we need to do in Paris. Um, so that's, that's really where we begin. You know, how do we get a strong base of supply in each of these cities? How do we try to drive, you know, demand, you know, to those cities? And then how do we kind of match demand and supply appropriately? Cool. So it's it seems like this data information has really become a core component of company culture here. Between you coming on board so early, again, as you just outlined with your view in, in terms of how that informs the whole marketplace decisions. What advice do you have for a startup that wants to replicate that kind of that data permeated culture within a company? Well, you know, I, I think that there, there are a lot of things that uh, will really make a difference, you know, for building like a strong data culture within a company. You know, number one is, is data scientists are only as impactful as they have context into the set of problems that they're meant to solve. And I think that this is a really important concept behind the structure of a data team. And it's something that I've also written about, right? Like, when you look at lots of different companies, you know, the structure of the data science teams, you know, tend to vary quite a bit. In some cases, you know, they're very centralized and it's kind of like this ivory tower of knowledge. In other cases, they're very embedded and, you know, they're, they're very tactical. Mm-hmm. And, and the choice that a business makes about that structure of their team um, will have important, you know, implications for the culture of data in the company. And we've tried both. And, and you know, like many other places that I think have gotten this, you know, right, we, we landed on uh, a model that's kind of a hybrid of the two. And so we have, you know, a data science team, which is where people's careers unfold. But that team is kind of broken into these kind of subunits that are really embedded with, you know, engineers and designers and product managers and others. So that like their work is, so they have lots of context into a problem and their work is very uh, applied, you know, toward like uh, a clear sort of outcome. I think in the absence of that, when you have much more of the kind of centralized unit of data scientists, um, they can move around to the most, you know, uh, uh, pressing problems facing the business. But when they get there, they, they don't have as much context. And so like their analysis or their work tends to be a little bit more surface level. So I think that's one really important concept. I think another one is that like, uh, there's a long funnel of activity that has to take place before, you know, a data scientist, you know, can can really do impactful work. And I think it's important that startups, you know, understand and respect that. There's a lot of investment that's required into the way that data is logged, into, you know, the infrastructure surrounding, you know, where it's housed, uh, the kind of ETL pipelines for um, kind of transcribing it from like, you know, a raw log event into, you know, meaningful information. 
And, and in the absence of kind of owners for all those things, what you'll find is, you know, the data scientists want to work at, at kind of, you know, the more sort of analytical, you know, or, or sort of machine learning end of, of the spectrum. And, you know, generally they're not well suited or situated for, you know, the, the work and kind of the infrastructural stuff, right. uh, which is more of sort of an engineering problem. Um, but if a company doesn't respect the need for, you know, kind of investment on those fronts, then the data scientists are really handicapped. And so that's another piece of advice that I tend to give startups, you know, make sure that you're investing in, in data. So if you do find yourself as a, a data scientist at a young company and you are running into those, those walls or feeling handicapped, I mean, how can you demonstrate the value of analytics across a company? Is that something that you've run into maybe not here, but in earlier place in your career? Yeah, um, I, I think it's, you know, it's all about um, identifying opportunities and, you know, doing whatever you can to, to highlight, you know, kind of the solutions to those opportunities with data. I think that, you know, where those opportunities exist will vary from company to company. But there is, an, there is a certain amount of kind of evangelism that's required, you know, of, of this way of thinking. Uh, and, you know, in many cases, I think early stage startups, you know, have a lot to learn about everything surrounding a business. And, and this is just one of, those, one of those areas. So I think kind of an interesting element of that is that, like, you know, a big part of the impact of a data science team is, is communication. Um, like when, when you're working with uh, a group that is meant, meant to take action, you know, uh, based on sort of like a finding that a data scientist has come up with, they don't really worry about kind of the statistical like voodoo behind like the work that you've done, right? And so data scientists who come in and show kind of, you know, the R squared on their model, you know, and, and the coefficients on, you know, the features and that sort of thing, I mean, it, it just goes right past everyone in the room. Like they have no idea what you're talking about. And that's not the point. Like they assume that like your work is statistically valid. What they want to know is kind of what, are the, what is the story behind this? You know, what, like how should we kind of interpret or understand like what you're telling us? So from that perspective, uh, something that we did early on that I think made a big difference is, you know, we placed equal weight on a data scientist's, you know, ability to kind of communicate their work uh, as the, you know, technical rigor behind it. Um, so that when they came in, we could ensure that they would be very impactful and kind of, you know, help teams understand, like, why this way of thinking makes sense, why we use experiments to roll out products, and how we interpret those experiments, you know, stuff like that. That idea of storytelling through data, it seems so powerful, and I think you're right, it sort of helps you permeate those different walls or obstructions where coefficients may fly over someone's head, and again, they're, they're assuming that your data is right, they've hired you for that job, but... It's the application of it and the story behind it, right? Mm -hmm. So what challenges have you faced as far as data accessibility with a company that's scaled this rapidly? Yeah, that's a big one. Um, you know, kind of in the same way that, that we help the company uh, stay connected to guests and hosts. Um, and, you know, that has helped us kind of scale the quality of products that we build. As the company grows, you also have to think internally about how your work scales across, you know, the base of employees that exist there. Right. So like when when Airbnb was, you know, 10 people, it was pretty easy for me to kind of sit at the table and like remind people of, you know, X, Y or Z. Um, when Airbnb was, you know, 2000 people, that's like a really different problem. Right. And, and there's no way for a data science team to kind of scale linearly with, you know, a hyper growth business. It just it just it just doesn't work. Right. And so uh, we spend a lot of time trying to look for ways to create leverage for the team, how to kind of scale the work of every individual within the team. Um, in many cases, that means kind of democratizing, you know, our sort of knowledge or, or access, you know, to data. So, you know, we've spent a lot of time building tools and, and, you know, designing training for the company 
uh, in, in how to kind of access data and how to like understand it. You know, and also looking for ways to kind of generalize, you know, solutions to problems that we face, right? Like uh, in, in the early days, you know, it was very easy for us to stay in sync with each other, um, you know, because there were only a couple data scientists and we all knew what we were working on. And there was a lot of tribal knowledge kind of built up within the team. And, and that was fine because we knew who to talk to about what. But as the company and the team scaled, you know, that, that started to break down. And so we used to joke that there was as much seasonality to analysis as there was to the business. Like we would answer the same questions year after year, which is like super frustrating. And every time you'd get back to, you know, a given question, you'd be like, God, how did I do this last year? And you'd like dig around and get for code and you'd look in your email for like the, you know, keynote presentation and, and whatever else. And it, it's just a nightmare. And so you know, this kind of gets back to this question of sort of democratization or, you know, you know, generalizing your work. We, we invested about, you know, a couple months, you know, building uh, a tool that we now call the knowledge repo, which is basically like a Git repository where people check in like IPython notebooks. Um, it's a little bit fancier than that, but like in a nutshell, that's what it boils down to. And, and that has really helped the team scale its work and kind of learn from each other. So I think, you know, from the perspective of like a head of a data science team, you have to look as much for opportunities for leverage within the team as, you know, opportunities for impact within the company. Yeah, that's that's super interesting. I think that our audience, um, mostly product people, product managers, designers, UX people in that space, I think they're all sort of fighting for accessibility to those things as well. So what people on that end of the spectrum, like what's one piece of advice you could give them to make sure that they're getting the most out of and maybe it's tools like you mentioned out of the data available to them in their company yeah yeah i mean i i think that many of the designers and pms in airbnb when they think about the world you know a couple years ago they would have been you know just as frustrated as data scientists you know with um the difficulty of accessing data you know data scientists would find themselves you know just being asked repeatedly you know for really basic really basic questions, you know, for really basic information. How many listings do we have in San Francisco? You know, how many people searched yesterday? I mean, that is not how anybody wants to spend their time. You know, there's no data scientist wants to be writing those queries day in and day out. And there's no PM that wants to have to ask those things day in and day out. And, and so, you know, it just speaks to the need for, again, investment in kind of infrastructure and tools surrounding data so that, you know, we, so that the, the company is as empowered as possible. And so the team, you know, is able to focus on the highest impact work. So for a company that maybe is based in a living room but doesn't have you sitting in it, um, how do they, is it, is it through those tools and those sorts of things that they begin introducing this line of thinking? Or what's, where do they start? Well, I think they, they start with bringing in, you know, someone who can kind of spearhead this function of the company. I think that, like, you know, the role of, you know, a, a head of data, data science or kind of a leader in, in analytics is, is very much about thought leadership, you know, and, and kind of teaching people how to think about things. Um, and then it's it's the role of you know the people within that organization you know to kind of uh, expand you know your sort of knowledge of you know the sort of ecosystem of, of your business right alongside you know partnering with engineers to to build data products and and that sort of thing so you know I, I think that again kind of in each each business in each case it's it's slightly different but I think like it will be very obvious to the head of this function you know where those gaps lie and and that person should take responsibility for addressing them and doing whatever they can to to democratize you know their team's kind of understanding of what's going on uh, and help create leverage for the people on their team and obviously you're far on the opposite end of the spectrum than some by now um, I'm curious what what's the biggest problem that you've 
been able to solve or maybe even struggled with in, in your time here? When you're in this role for six years, there's it's it's different from one year to the next, right? It's it's always something new, and I think that, you know, in the early days, you know, my focus was very much on you know kind of tactics, uh, and there were some really interesting kind of technical problems that we worked through about like how to grow Airbnb and and that sort of thing. Um, as time has passed and as the the company and the team has scaled, you know, it's it's uh, I guess the problems that I find myself solving are more kind of, you know, organizational and, and strategic in that sense. Uh, I think that, you know, kind of everything within a company boils down to, you know, the people behind the work. And if, if those people, you know, are, are set up the right way for success, then, you know, things tend to work out pretty well. And so it's, it's probably not the most exciting thing to say, but like, you know, I, I find, you know, the, the most kind of leverage for my work these days is, you know, really empowering the team of data scientists um, that I work with and ensuring that they're set up for success. So how large is your team now? You know, roughly about 75. About across how many offices? Uh, we're mostly focused here in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, cool. primarily so, all here. So where, um, where can you guys continue to grow in that area? What else is there for you to explore on the frontier? Yeah, so you know, there's there's a lot of things that I'm really excited about right now. Uh, we're building out a data visualization team, which I think is pretty cool. Like it's, uh, you know, as we have uh, gotten to a point where, you know, we've got lots of data scientists and lots of information and, and lots of kind of technicality within the team. Um, I still find us, you know, trying to can, kind of answer that question of like, you know, what is going on and and how do we frame it in a way that's really digestible to like, you know, a fast growing business. And, and data visualization is, is so critical in that regard. So we're building a team that can kind of serve as like thought leaders within the data science organization about like how to frame you know, problems different way and how to communicate sort of a compelling and consistent narrative around you know, what's going on uh, across different you know, projects, but also across you know, the business as a whole. So data visualization for sure one. Of course, you know, machine learning, you know, like there's... Uh, there are a lot of people that are coming out of, you know, PhD programs with a lot of interest in this area, but, you know, still, you know, many different ways of approaching machine learning. And, and so, you know, here at Airbnb, we're, we're thinking more about, you know, how to kind of standardize the infrastructure behind this, uh, again, to kind of democratize it so that, you know, everyone is able to kind of partake. Um, and then I think, you know, a third area that, that I'm very interested in um, is, is thinking more about how you log kind of uh, offline activities and you know what is the right way to to get better signal about what are, what people are doing with Airbnb when they're not just online because uh, I think that that you know that is the most important thing for us as a business to really understand yeah it seems like quite a, a large gap to fill yeah well um, Riley this was great thanks so much for joining us today thank you you've been listening to the inside intercom podcast For more episodes, just visit soundcloud.com forward slash intercom. And if you want to subscribe, search for Inside Intercom in iTunes or Stitcher. And for even more great content, check out blog.intercom.io.